Hi everyone and welcome to Bravo and the Brits, the podcast with a distinctly English take on all things reality TV. Thrilled to be here yet again. Always. Honestly, it's kind of the highlight of my week at the moment. Me too. It's really given me something to like look forward to and hold on to. Yeah, I, I feel like we need that at the moment. We do. It's like that kind of escapist positivity that we all need. Positivity is a strong word for the opinions <laughs> I'm going to throw out regarding this episode. <laughs> Same to be fair. A, a critical eye is being cast on it, I think. Did you have that book for English A-level, Critical Eye? Oh, no. Uh, we, we had to, it was just basically a book about how to conduct a critical analysis of a text. Oh my God. It's a very distinctive, arty cover. And so whenever you say critical eye, that's all I think of. <laughs> very nerdy. I love it. So, okay. I mean, <laughs> we've committed to Vanderpump, so we have to stick with it. I mean as I have done um I don't know about when did you start watching Vanderpump god do you know I actually can't remember I think it must have been around season two because I remember I had to go back for a season to like to get a feel for all the characters Mm. but pretty early on I've been in it from the beginning and like how did you first come across it because obviously it didn't really get aired in England I know I do you know I actually can't remember I remember it being advertised after I'd watched an episode of Beverly Hills like Real Housewives Beverly Hills and it was advertised and I thought oh that would be another fix to my reality tv thing so I think I found it online somewhere do you know what I think it was I because my parents got Obviously, I grew up in Belgium, so I grew up with basically BBC One and BBC Two, which are like the serious channels and kind of the main ones. But, you know, you you definitely wouldn't be getting reality TV on there, maybe the odd kind of quiz show. And then in my last year of school, when I had all my important exams coming up, like loads of work, they decided to get you can get like illegal skyboxes. amazing um that beam in like all the tv for the expats that want all of their local channels but you can't get so they got one of these like slightly uh black market sky boxes <laughs> literally at the time where i really needed to focus most on the planet and i went down i think at the time it was itv4 that was showing it and now it's itvb yes oh my god yes Do you know i think now that rings a bell. I think when it was ITV4, I think that was where I found it. Because I think we must be functioning on a similar timeline. Yeah, I think, no, I think you're right. I think it was ITV4. And then I think I found the first series online to like go back and watch it and was just hooked ever since. Yeah, I think I must have either seen from literally the first series, but they must have aired it maybe like a year after America because it's always slightly slower. Yeah, in terms of like when they're actually showing stuff and then yeah just kind of went from there so it's we're early adopters essentially early converts Um, (laughs) so we will stick with it you know regardless and and throughout but this was another wedding episode yet another one so many weddings (sighs) I really feel like this whole uh, I don't really want to call it renewal of vows because it wasn't really that, was it? But it was oh. eloping to Vegas. I feel like they did it for the sake of a storyline. I don't think they actually would have bothered to elope if it wasn't being filmed. 
No, I completely agree. I think it would have been one of those things where they just sort of chalked it up to like, oh, well, you know, shit happens. Never mind. We had a nice wedding and it was all lovely. So, you know, that's it. They maybe would have gone and got them like officially signed somewhere else. But I don't think it would have been this whole, let's go to Vegas. We'll get everybody. We'll get on Lisa and Ken's private jet. Like, I refuse to believe it would have anything to do with that. I don't even think they would have signed the papers. I think they just kind of bumbled along day to day. I feel like Katie and Tom have been living in isolation for a lot longer than quarantine (laughs) has been imposed. No, I agree as well. I love when they do occasional cutaways when either like Katie or Tom says something about how busy they are. And then (laughs) this little montage of them just like sitting, picking at their fingernails on the sofa or when Katie tried to take up knitting. That was... (laughs) (laughs) That was a hellscape. I feel like out of everybody, they do have the least independently going on. Yeah, yeah. I I think Katie is kind of on the show as like a mean girl. And I think Schwartz is on the show because he is one of the Toms. Yeah, I think Tom just landed on his feet getting Tom Tom. But I don't think if it had just been him, that would never have been something offered to him. No way. Sandoval carries that place. And Sandoval should be that should be reflected in the like apportionment of the bar ownership I feel because no, what does Schwartz actually tangibly bring to the table I have no idea so he doesn't have any bartending skills there was like that fated <laughs> that he had it bartending in the garden at Sarah or Pump or one of them where he had a panic attack and ran away so he's clearly not bringing anything to the bar side of things and he doesn't strike me as somebody with a particularly avid design eye no, I mean, he's the face of, isn't he? That's yeah. what he's what the, the partner of Tom Tom. Do you know what I mean? That's it. He's not really bringing anything to the table. He's certainly got no like, business acumen or anything like that. So He's literally there for the sake of the pun. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. <laughs> Which is just not something that, from a monetary perspective is worth that much I feel no I can't imagine investing so much money and energy and sort of um what do you call it like reputation on a pun (laughs) especially when one half of the pun is so useless me and my ex were Lulu (laughs) he was Lewis and I was Louisa so we were literally one syllable apart from each other (laughs) so we could have opened a restaurant you could have made that work absolutely I'd have gone. <laughs> so we're all in Katie and Tom's kitchen, I presume. Yeah. Oh, Tom, Tom Sandoval. <laughs> I can't even say his name properly either. Sandoval. Sandoval is so hot. <laughs> I know, but I, I love how pretty boy he is. I, I love know. how in touch with his feminine side he is. I know. Oh my God, that's just reminded me. It's a slight tangent. But my best friend lives in Atlanta in Georgia and her husband um, is from there. So she moved out there and they got married and everything. And his family is like super devoutly religious. Like he's not, but his family are super like Bible Belt Christian. Oh God. (laughs) And she sent me a screenshot of the conversation that she was having with Judy, her mother-in-law, last night. And she literally... so. They'd been talking about somebody, I don't know who it was, but Judy, his very religious mother, had been like, he is a handsome guy, but he's not a pretty boy. And Laura said, he's both. And she was like, he's not a pretty boy. I don't like that term. And Laura's response to her devoutly Christian mother was, he doesn't like dick, Judy. He's just pretty. 
<laughs> so I assume she's very much in the bosom of that family. <laughs> I think Laura was a kind of absolute shell shock for all of them. Um, but she, she literally, they are like so, so overtly religious. And Laura, Laura is like her mum's religious, but in a very English way about it. <laughs> what, what even is being religious in an English way? I think it's just in a very sort of like slightly toned down and less aggressive way. Like Laura's mum is like the sweetest like mumsy mum you can ever imagine. And she like takes food to homeless shelters and you know she runs the brownies and all of this kind of thing um whereas uh they're all very like aggressively christian <laughs> so english english devotion is more about like being engaged in the community <laughs> i think so yeah and uh the american version just seems to be a lot more aggressive opinions and not really doing much with them yeah the guy that I was seeing at the start of the year like his family was quite religious and I remember he was like texting me all the way through midnight mass some oh very inappropriate God. stuff <laughs> it was quite funny because <laughs> I kept teasing him about it and I was like oh like you're actually going to church on Christmas like I thought you were joking blah 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 <laughs> so then I think he felt like he had to counteract it and prove <laughs> that it wasn't that big a deal <laughs> I love that that's amazing absolutely fantastic it's the same way again (laughs) but yeah I also went out with someone who like came out to me as religious like a year and a half in oh my god they'd never mentioned it before that so it was quite strange because I'm I'm quite I don't want to say aggressively atheist because I think I went through a phase of like I'm going to argue with strangers on the internet about xyz and then I kind of just realized like why am I doing this what's the point um so I'm definitely a lot more like toned down now but like I I have quite strong opinions about it and like if someone's gonna get me into that conversation like I'll tell them you know what I think so I think he was kind of aware of that and then but it just because I assumed that we were on the same page so I felt like open enough to be like oh like how ridiculous is that or you know make like comments like that which I wouldn't have done had I known I'd have been obviously like a lot more sensitive and then yeah he was literally like oh well you know I've actually been praying about xyz (laughs) and I was just like oh right okay um and it was quite sort of late on and uh yeah I just thought that was kind of funny that he sort of came and then I was also sort of like oh why didn't you tell me and he said oh well I thought that you would um sort of judge me or be kind of nasty about it and I was like well that's not really you're not really putting a lot of um trust in my character if that's what you think exactly it's like he didn't even give you the opportunity to be understanding or I mean I would have judged him obviously suddenly in my head yeah, but you would have never, like, overtly said anything about it. <laughs> anyway, things went very swiftly downhill from that, <laughs> as you can imagine. It's also, like, whatever you want to say, you've basically been dishonest with me for a year and a half. Do you know what I mean? And he's kept quite a big part of his, like, life and personality to himself, which just seems odd. Yeah. Wild. I love your friend's energy, though. He just doesn't, like, dick Judy, okay? <laughs> she does not have a fuck to give with that entire family every Christmas she rearranges their um like religious statues into compromising positions and waits until they notice oh that's so funny (laughs) I hope are they like good-natured about it though 
they sort of I think they more tolerated like they like she didn't used to get on with them at all and I think she was doing it out of like a sort of anger spite kind of thing but now I think they've kind of just become accustomed to the fact that that's just who she is they're just kind of like Laura oh my god Laura (laughs) horizons being forcibly broadened (laughs) oh god I love her Anyway, Sandoval. So yeah. <laughs> Sandoval, pretty boy does not like dick. <laughs> pretty boy does not like dick. Um, I still feel like he would go for a devil's threesome situation. Yeah, I agree. He's got that energy about him. Which I, you know, I'm just, I'm open to. You know. <laughs> Should he ever come a calling? Should he ever find himself in the northeast of England? I think we can all agree. But not with the other Tom that I know. No. Just imagine him being really bumbling and like, oh, it would just be painful to like be involved in. Like not physically painful, but like <laughs> emotionally painful. <laughs> just draining. Yeah, you kind of get like, oh God, is this not over yet? Yeah, yeah, no. So maybe, maybe we could just be just the two of us. I, I'd allow that. <laughs> I also felt like adjacent to Sandoval looking super hot, the pizza was really great to look at. Oh, yes. Although his revelation that he does not like ranch on pizza really made me affect my opinion of him. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. It's the best thing ever. I don't understand. He was like, oh, I just don't get it. It's like, what's not to get? No, I agree with you. But I also have like mayonnaise with pizza sometimes. No, <laughs> oh, I do as well. It's like my favorite. I put mayonnaise on fucking everything. Yes. Oh, you must be like Belgian deep down somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Because this was another problem I had with my ex. He had like a phobia of mayonnaise, which was difficult. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, like like it viscerally disgusted him. Oh my god! <laughs> but I have a friend who's scared of bananas as well. Where are you finding these people? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the internet. <laughs> She's actually a childhood friend, but it's wild because. Yeah, she, she, like, really can't cope with bananas on, like, multiple levels. I can understand being, like, deathly allergic to them or really disliking them, but, like, the fear side of it is really baffling to me. Yeah, no, she just, like, she can't cope with them. And someone, as a joke, like, once put one in a gift bag and gave it to her on her birthday, and she was, like, I think she threw it across the room. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's really something else. Yeah. I can understand a dislike of them or a hatred of them, but a fear is really something I wasn't expecting. I guess that's why it's a phobia, isn't it? Because it's yeah. like sure. Makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I haven't had a takeaway since lockdown started, since actually well before lockdown started. So I think that's why this scene was really getting to me with those slices that were just <laughs> huge. There's something so good about American pizza as well, isn't there? It's been so long since I've been in the States. Oh, I just love it. Eight years. Oh, my God. Oh, no. You need to get a pizza there ASAP. I can't believe it. My flight's been cancelled. I'm so upset. That's just awful. That's so upsetting. Lame. So then we go to a rooftop bar with the new girls, and they're essentially debriefing from Dana's party. Yes. So it was Sheena, Danica, and Charlie, wasn't it? Yeah, and Sheena is talking about how she's going in for her egg retrieval. I find it so, like, 
so like slightly sad but like really encouraging that she is actually just doing this on her own like I think it's the most mature thing that she's actually done for herself but let me get this straight she's freezing her eggs right she's not actually trying to get pregnant like Gigi is yeah no I think she's um I think she's just freezing them and then keeping them for in case she kind of gets to a a certain age and she's kind of realizing that she's not going to be able to do it the au naturel way yeah and again I've a lot of other kind of podcasters or instagrammers have been saying this about bravos like why aren't we sharing more of that journey with her yeah I would have liked to have actually seen a lot more of that like apart from the little snippet of like her doing her injections and then this conversation there wasn't really anything about it I think it would have opened a lot of doors for people to kind of have that dialogue about it which would have been really good Yeah, and it's obviously affecting her on quite a few emotional levels. And I think Sheena's such an easy person to dismiss as being very, like, one-dimensional. And she's, like, the flirty one. And I think this would have, yeah, this would have shown her kind of with some new depths. No, I agree. I think it's kind of sad that they have just skated over it so much when it could have been something that maybe either a lot of people watching would have identified with or people would have kind of been like talking about doing it and it would have sort of helped them understand the process and I think yeah it's so easy to pass off Sheena's character as like so yeah like one-dimensional overly emotional kind of like slightly childish that I think it would have been nice to see something so serious that like affect so many people with her yeah yeah I completely agree and then she's kind of saying that she wasn't in you know she said last episode that she wasn't invited to this wedding yeah. But it sounds like she was, but she just already had the surgery booked in and that there was a clash. So I didn't really get that either. Yeah, so I thought that. And I think she kind of, when her and Kristen were having a conversation later on, she sort of said something about it. And you could tell she kind of did that stumble thing of somebody who realises that they've sort of caught themselves in a little bit of like a white lie. Mm. Where she said something like, oh, like, Katie said, like, I wish you were here, blah, blah, blah. Like when she's reading that text out. And then you could see Kristen kind of be like, but you said you weren't invited. And then it was kind of that, like, oh, well, I mean, you know, I couldn't have gone anyway, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I think she was invited. I think she just was trying to spare people's feelings by saying she wasn't. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Because I also think even just from, like, a producer Bravo perspective, like, it would have made sense for Sheena to also be there. Like, it was weird that Max would be there, but not Sheena. Yes, I thought this. Although then, if Sheena had have been there, would the Sheena doppelganger have been able to sweep it that was such a moment I lived for (laughs) (laughs) well we'll get there we'll get there in due course we will we will I did kind of feel though like just in terms of the interactions between these three it was quite a flat scene like their eyes are kind of darting around the place they're like rearranging their hair they're kind of sitting in this very deliberate sort of way I don't know there was something about it that was just a bit off to me yeah, no, I agree. It felt very... Sorry, you'll have to excuse me. The dog's barking one second. Right? <laughs> Such a miserable old man. He also felt that it was a flat scene. He did. He fully, fully agreed with what you were saying. But yeah, you could kind of tell... It's that thing of, like, having the newbies, and it's kind of what we said last week, where it's, like, everyone's so very aware of how they're being perceived... And you could tell that a lot with this scene where it was like they felt like it was like they were performing for the camera and like they weren't comfortable just having a conversation. Yeah, maybe they'll ease into it. I don't know. 
suppose only time will tell with that. But yeah, I just found it, the whole thing just felt a bit forced and a bit kind of like chaotic almost. <laughs> chaotic neutral. Yeah. <laughs> I did find an old meme from way back when where someone had charted like the VPR characters and they're, you know, uh, neutral, good, whatever, chaotic, evil. And I need to find it again and see if I still agree with their assessment. Yes, I need to see this as well. We need to I actually, I want to do an, a Myers-Briggs analysis of all the characters. Oh my God, that would be amazing. We could do an app just on that. Yeah. <laughs> We've got all the time to kill, though. We might as well. <laughs> we do. We do. Then we go to um, Brett and Max behind the bar. Max is teaching him how to do some cocktails. And Brett's just being a nightmare as always, going, oh, yeah, I'm a talker. Oh, God, just the way that Brett, like, converses makes me cringe. And, like, I found their whole conversation really awkward, like, not even just because it was about Dana, but I just found it, like, an awkward conversation in general. Like, something about the pair of them don't talk like normal humans. (laughs) It's like watching two um, chatbots. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's like like little robotic kind of, like I don't know, like I can't even work it out, but it's so stilted and it feels like they're kind of trying to both say quite, not emotional things, but kind of quite um, personal things, but it's coming across so stilted and like uncomfortable. And I'm just like, of course, Max is going to get annoyed that Brett made out with Dana, having fully, you know, just knocked it back in her face. Yeah. This is the most typical male behaviour. Isn't it? So I thought this, and it's the whole thing of like, if he wanted to be with her, she gave him the option. She said to him, she went and she apologised and she said, look, maybe I jumped the gun a bit, but this is why. Um, And yeah, she was probably a little bit in the wrong just to sort of immediately dismiss it, but I sort of understand it. But she gave him that opportunity then and there to sort of be like, do you want to try and work through this? Or is that just it? And he was just like, no, that's just it. So then he didn't really have a leg to stand on. Yeah, he's cutting off his nose to spite his face. Exactly. He's just being like a petulant child about it. Without Instead of being like adult and being like, right, well, yeah, that pissed me off. And like, obviously it's not ideal, but we'll sort it out. Or just calling it a day. But then you no longer have any sort of stake in the game with it. And it's so blatantly wrapped up in a sense of pride. And that is, he actually, I don't know that he feels that strongly about Dana, but I think he does like her on a basic level. And you can tell that it was because he felt that his pride had been damaged, that that's why he won't just. Yeah, he won't just admit that he actually, actually liked her a little bit. And I think it is a thing, like, I do actually think Dana sort of made him seem less douchey when they were like together like the very, the very few clips that they did have together he seems slightly less douchey when he was around Dana but I think it is just like a classic sort of male pride thing of like oh no you wounded me so that's just it I can't you know my pride won't let me ever get over it yeah because they don't want they think it would be seen as a weakness to get back with someone yeah exactly it's like when someone wants to keep things casual, but then you update your Tinder profile and they send you a message about it being like, oh, still on Tinder, are we? And it's like, mm, but so are you now. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not talking from exact personal experience, of course. 
<laughs> but it, it's just so typical. It's so classic. And we already know that Max is two-faced because of what he did to Tina, oh, to be honest. Really dogs again. Let me just throw them all out of the room because they're doing my head. Right. No worries. <laughs> Get out. Out. Mom. Out. You've ruined it. You can't be trusted. You can't be trusted. I just talk to them like people. Like, I'm literally just like, no, you've ruined it now. You're spotted. Off you go. Outside. <laughs> the only way to do it. It's the only way they'll learn. It is. They have to be told. They have to be told exactly where they've gone wrong. <laughs> oh, God. I miss Greg already. <laughs> Has he just gone to the supermarket, did you say? Yeah, yeah but it's like a massive queue, like, every time he's been to, he's been queuing for, like, nearly an hour just to get inside. Oh, bless. That's I know, cool. so I was just like, this is the perfect time, but clearly it was not the perfect time because these damn dogs, but... <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all good. Like I say, I can kind of do these things, um, I can chop these bits out as well, I'm just making notes of, like, where there are little interruptions, yeah. it's just if we had to bleep out, like, a name or something, that would be really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> no that would definitely be a little bit harder but um no this is fine we can just resume where we were oh except they've just came like blundering into the room my like office door doesn't shut because i've got one of those coat things over the back of it oh yeah yeah. so i put like a big heavy bag in front of it and penelope has just came like charging through like she's no i love you so much oh I think it's less that they love me so much and more than just a lot of things in here that's fun to chew. Right, let's just... No. Out. Actually, you're not that bad. The other two can stay out. Oh, you're in one of these rooms, so stop it. Stop. Come sit on my knee and stop being a pain. Right. There we are. One in, two out. <laughs> Very good. Right, where were we? Oh, yes. Um, Brett and Max being weird and robotic and unemotional yeah I mean they're they're just they're just typical man children to me they are it's, it's a classic example of that like male ego thing I think and I just find it like awkward to watch them like they don't seem like that good friends like everyone was kind of going on like oh but like Brett and Max like Max is Brett's guy and black and like back and forth and stuff like that but they don't really seem like that close of friends like I don't think I've actually seen them really interact I don't think they are, because I think Brett got drafted in from YouTube, no? Yeah, that's what I thought as well. So, so I don't really see where... He's like the artificial kind of plant here, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, I don't know where he's just in, because they needed an extra, like, guy for the newbies, or what what the dynamic was, or why he was chosen. But he does just seem like the odd one out. I mean, he clearly did a lot of sucking up to Lisa. Oh my god, so much sucking up. It's... Oh. I still can't stop thinking about that horrible scene at the end of the last episode. <laughs> Haunting me. <laughs> Honestly, nightmare visions. We then go to, um, oh, I kind of love this scene, Ken and Lisa shoe shopping. I love that as well. I it's such good energy when she was just like, oh, Ken, just for that, you're buying me shoes. And then she just swanned off, like, what's the most expensive ones you have in here? And I was like, I aspire to live that life. I particularly liked when Ken was like, I'm not jealous of Brett. Why would I be jealous of that little whippersnapper? <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. I would genuinely rather make out with Ken than Brett any day. I, I think I would as well. Like, there's something just so, like, old world charming about Ken, isn't there? Ken Ken has BDE. 
Yeah, he does. He really does. And I loved him just sort of like shuffling around after in that shop, like resigned to his life of like, yeah, this is it. (laughs) Yeah, which I really, really like. Um, And I think that any man that's willing to be seen out and about holding like a miniature dog, I just have a lot of respect for. (laughs) Always. I also love that that sales assistant looked like he had no idea what to do with Lisa or how to handle her. (laughs) The sales assistant was terrified he was literally like deer in headlights big eyed like (laughs) every time she spoke to him I feel that we need to um compose a strongly worded letter however to Lisa because her sort of penchant for the crystal encrusted satin blouses is becoming (laughs) it's it's not acceptable to me. It's becoming a problem. And it really frustrates me because I love like a button up shirt and high waisted jeans and a, a chic leather belt. I think that's such a nice look. Why isn't she doing buttery, soft, simple, silk, you know, and ditch yeah, like insane starched cuffs and the Swarovski? I know. And these like jewel toned things, like she could have had such like. Obviously, she has unlimited funds. Like, I'm sure I've read somewhere that her net worth is, like, $60 million or something, which is just an outrageous amount of money. And you just thought she could have got these, like, like proper, like, perfectly tailor-made, bespoke shirts and, like, all these, like, jewel tones that so suit her and it's such her style. So I don't know where she keeps getting these from. Like, later in the episode, there's, like, that green 80s number that she wears when they're in Vegas. Okay, I actually really like that. So I did as well, and I wrote down that I really liked it, but it's in the same vein where it's like she's going down a weird path with her style. <laughs> yeah, I, she's she's doing some experimenting. Yeah, I feel like she's. It's almost maybe because she's not on like like Beverly Hills anymore, like on the series. Maybe she feels like she can be a bit more like avant garde almost. Like I, I love her little. Needs, I think she needs an outlet for glam. Yeah, I agree. It's like I loved her little, like, you know, her um talking head bit where she had like the suit with like that jewel encrusted tie. Yeah, that was nice. I am so into that. That was nice. I feel like she's done some. I didn't Dorit wear something like that at one point. I think she might have, but in classic Dorit fashion, it probably just looked very tacky. <laughs> <laughs> Lala and Randall are in bed. Oh, right. I have this question Who films these scenes in bed? How does it work? Like, you know, they always have, like, the next morning scenes and that kind of thing. She's already in full makeup, so... <laughs> we all know that they're not just waking up. Yeah. Although but... I did believe, I did believe when Sheena, too, woke up in Max's yeah. bed. That like, nobody really on TV can't make like that. that level of bedhead. No. And there's nobody voluntarily looking like that on TV if they've like willingly looked at themselves and gone, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, that's so true. And <laughs> Lala especially, you can tell, I mean, is gorgeous, but also knows it. Yeah, exactly. She's very aware of that. What do we think of Randall? I I like Randall. I do as well. I like him so much more than I thought I was going to. I thought he was going to be really stuffy and sort of stuck up and holier than thou and he's so funny and likable and like seems really genuine he seems so charming he seems uh goofy 
Yeah, I like a guy that can sort of poke fun at themselves, you know, and he seems like he's capable of doing that. I agree. I like it when a guy can be a little bit goofy. It's kind of like a nice, it's almost like an extra, like, level of confidence where they... They're not self-aware and they're not sort of so worried about how they're being seen. And I love that about him. And I can totally say, purely on aesthetics, I was always a bit like, "Mm, I don't really like get why Lala went with him and sort of chose him when she presumably could have had pretty much anybody. But now that we've got to see his personality, I can fully understand it. I actually don't think he's bad looking either. I don't either. I used to be like... I just don't get it. But I think, again, more that now we've seen like more of his personality. And I think now he just seems like he's relaxed a little bit and he's not being like Instagram Randall. I yeah, think this is better. true. Because I think his Instagram personality is very, very different to his, like how he's coming across on like Vanderpump. Right. So I don't follow him on Instagram. So I haven't been exposed to that. See, I don't follow him. So I actually, I went and had like a little, like a little Insta stalk of his account when they first like started mentioning his name. And he just seemed very sort of like conceited and a bit sort of like, you know, he's like trying to be like big flash money guy. Yeah. But I mean, I haven't looked at it in a while, so it might be different. Although obviously there was all that the 50 cent drama. Which was <laughs> 50. <laughs> 50 cent. <laughs> yeah, I, I quite like, I think he does look older than, because he's 47, right? I do think he looks a bit older than 47. I do as well. I think he's, He's aged heavily. He looks like he's had like a very hard paper route. <laughs> I like that. But he had a little, little tough start to life. He's worked hard for it, but... <laughs> but he has arrived. He has, finally, in all of his glory. Lala's basically saying that 40-somethings can't have girlfriends a girlfriend sorry (laughs) or can't can't be boyfriends can't have girlfriends and I was like sure honey that's why you want to get married yeah it's nothing to do with anything else it's purely just that you think it's awkward that he's in his 40s that's it that's all there is to that do you think they're gonna last do you know I think they just might I think I have like quite a good vibe from the pair of them I think she I think Lala's actually weirdly mature enough to sort of put up with it, like an older guy. Yeah, I kind of feel like she's almost like, you know, eye rolling as he's being goofy and kind of like reminding him that he's got things to do. And Yeah, like she kind of brings him back down to like a slightly more mature level, which I find very odd considering obviously she's so much younger. Yeah, it's that sober energy as well. But he's sober as well. Is he? I didn't know that. I think maybe, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Or he was definitely the person that kind of set her on that track. Yeah. I remember her saying something about it where she's kind of realised that she was like waking up and she was like fucking up her life and fucking up her relationship and stuff. So I do really admire her for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not giving up alcohol. <laughs> then it's not getting to the point where I'm fucking up my own life. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's not top of my list of priorities, really. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Jax is saying that he would refuse to pay for another wedding, even a Vegas one. Surprise, surprise. Dog. Jax will be clinging on to how much that wedding cost him until the day he dies. He's going to hold it over every single one of them, just like the baby that he paid for. Yes, always, always. That's I'm like gonna... his, I'm a good person because... 
Exactly. It's just, oh, it's such a jacks move, isn't it? It's like, I paid this money, so therefore you're all permanently indebted to me. Yeah, beholden. Yeah, and it's like, no, you should have paid that money because you wanted them to have a good time and you to have an amazing wedding, not so you could then use it as, like, ammunition forever. But that's not how he sees the world. He sees the world in transactional terms. Yeah, that's so true. It's such a narcissistic, like, personality kind of thing to do as well, is to see everything in this kind of, I've done this for you, so what can you do for me now? But you could even tell that from when he, like, bought Britney the breast implants. Oh, my God, yes. He was just like, well, I bought those boobs. I bought them, so I should get to benefit from them. And it's like, dude, (laughs) it makes me cringe so much. Yeah, it's just not not a very modern uh, way of going about things. It's not. It's really not. And then we go to the scene that I texted you about as we were watching this. God. (laughs) where Schwartz finds a bra in a suitcase that isn't Katie's and he keeps doing this like really nervous laugh so my mum has a name for this specific kind of laugh she calls it a nervous titter (laughs) that's perfect that's literally exactly what it is and it's this like (laughs) kind of thing of like don't know what to say or how to get out of this so I'm just gonna laugh my way through it it's the laugh that you make as you're waiting for someone else to swoop in and correct the misunderstanding and then when it never comes that's where you have to make a decision of what you're going to do and at this point Tom Schwartz walks away saying he's so fucked I didn't even catch him say that yeah it was subtitled he turns away and he goes I'm so fucked I think I was busy writing down, like, oh, my God, the bra, the bra. (laughs) Subtitles. Oh, my God. I think, because I think his reaction wasn't something of somebody with nothing to hide. Exactly. This is exactly my point. Because, obviously, we find later on in the episode that it was a plant from Lisa. Oh, it was a practical joke. Yes, because (laughs) we have to to give him something to think about. Because he's left the marriage certificate. Um. (laughs) But the way that he responded, he doesn't even help himself on the most basic level. He doesn't. I mean, his whole response, like, if I was Katie, even if even if at that point Katie was in on the joke, like, I know she wasn't, but even at that point, if that was his reaction, alarm bells would have been going off in my head. Massively. Like, I, I would have been like, I don't really feel like you're actually being faithful. Like, there was something about his response that was so, like, it wasn't kind of like, this is so weird, like, what the fuck? And, like, I could almost understand on a level of, like, obviously he'd been unfaithful in the past, so maybe he was kind of, like, worried that it would be making, like, her think that when it wasn't true. But I also just think that, like, his response was just so bizarre and so over the top and so, like, he went straight to, like, anger that Katie wasn't believing him. And it wasn't even that she wasn't believing him, she was just saying it wasn't hers. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it was the reaction of someone who was innocent. Um, I think the fact that I I get the nervous laughter because your brain would be trying to process it. Yeah, and you'd be kind of going, how has this happened? I don't understand. Oh, my God, this is making me look really guilty when I'm not. Like, that's weird. Yeah, you'd be, like, frustrated. You'd be like, hang on a minute. But it's then when he literally turns around he's got his hand on his head like his hands on his head and he goes I'm so fucked he like mumbles it under his breath and it was subtitled I can't believe I missed that I'm gonna have to I'm literally gonna go back and watch this episode afterwards just purely for that little scene 
go back and watch it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure that's what happens. And at this point, I just feel like society has progressed beyond the ability to find Tom Schwartz attractive. It has. No, this was it for me. Even when it got cleared up later, this episode really put a pin in my appreciation of Tom Schwartz. Yeah, I'm glad that we've come to a collective understanding. It's happened. It was about time, really. I've been giving him the benefit of the doubt for a very long time. It was when he's sitting on the bed and he's like, well, I don't know where it is, bubble. Oh. And I was just like, seriously. Oh. <laughs> I know. And it's that like monotone voice that we were talking about last week where he's like, oh, there's no like emotion behind it or like normal, I don't know, like human reactions or responses or even like human intonation it's just like oh I go into this voice and it's oh it's weird he just doesn't care he really doesn't it's it's so glaringly obvious like you would have thought by now he'd have got better at hiding it but But he he won't even make the effort to hide it no it's just actually more offensive somehow I complete yes like I actually find it more offensive that he's not even pretending or trying harder to pretend that he cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's so depressing. It really is. Oh, it's awful. So we have more of the kind of frantic skipping about between scenes, locales, and we go to Raquel talking about Whiskey Dick, which I thought was kind of a bold move from her. <laughs> I found it really uncomfortable hearing Raquel talk about sex, and I don't really know why. Because like... she is also a cyborg. Yeah. she is literally like she has that sort of like glassy eyed stare of somebody who has not got very much going on behind the scenes she's a barbie doll yeah essentially and that extends to the bedroom i just think it's just smooth plasticky nothingness (laughs) i can't even like even just the image of her and james having sex is like very uncomfortable to me like i i can't picture it i don't know how that would yeah, I no, no. I find there's nothing like sexual about either of them. Like there is nothing about them that screams like and it, it's just even fun, do you know what I mean? I don't understand people that find James Kennedy attractive. Oh, I literally find him possibly one of the most repulsive people I've ever encountered in my life. And that's saying something. <laughs> physical perspective or just in general? Both. Like, even, like, completely objectively, I don't find him attractive at all. But obviously his personality on top of that is just the full, full uh, write-off for me. Do you know what it is, though? Because he's got, like, a charming English accent in America, people are just, like, they just fall over for him. That is true. That's probably a lot to do with it. And it's that classic, oh, it's got such a, like, you know, it's so charming. It's like, no, if you heard most people's English accents, it's not so cute. Like... (laughs) But like James them, was like, like a Hugh Grant. Yeah. Like if James was from like Birmingham or Liverpool, we would not be having this conversation. <laughs> Birmingham. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I what's what's your least favourite British accent? Oh, do you know? I don't know. I think it's I'm not that fond of a Yorkshire one. Yeah, Yorkshire's kinda heavy. Yeah, I find it quite like jarring. West country is difficult for me. Like, I don't necessarily dislike it, but I don't think I could, like, have 
romantic relations with someone with like a strong West Country accent. No, so I used to live in Bristol for a while and it was like split into incredibly like posh, well-spoken like Southern accents and then like really broad, heavy West Country accents. And the West Country is awful. Awful to listen to, especially in like prolonged periods of time. (laughs) Dissociate mentally. (laughs) I also thought it was really sad that in this conversation that they were like, oh, you can never just have like male and female friends. Yeah, I found that so like so strange and so sad for them as well. Because it's like you've obviously just met some horrible men because like I would say a good like 80% of my like immediate friendship group that we hang out with is male. Exactly. And I'm sure some of them are single. Yeah. I think. Oh, in fact, none of them are now, but they used to be. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because I just missed out on one. (laughs) You did. I'm still upset about it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've had a group of friends that I've known from being six years old. And I think there's something about spending 12 years of your life around basically the same people every day. Like, I have loads of really nice, really good looking you know, male friends that I would just never have romantic inclinations towards because I've known them for that long and because they are just friends. I don't think that's weird. No, I don't either. I'm exactly the same. Like, I have so many, like, very, very close, like, best friends that are guys. And I've never had any sort of romantic or, like, sexual feelings about any of them. And I find it so bizarre that people, the people that can't, like, differentiate the two. Yeah, I think it's a very naive, kind of childish point of view. It is. It really is. It's that kind of like, oh, men are for like sleeping with and women are for friendship. And that's it. It's like just such a sad, slightly jaded way of looking at things. Yeah, it's very high school. Isn't it? It's very weird. I don't don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that made me quite sad. I just thought, oh, you guys, like you have so much to experience. <laughs> so much more to come. Then we go to the VPR cocktail garden for their sort of night before drinks. Um, Sheena and Kristen are debriefing about her. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was nothing really to talk about for their night before bit. I don't know if you wrote anything. No, I don't think I did. I think I literally, I think all I wrote down was that server was Sheena. (laughs) Yeah, they essentially get seated at the table um, and we're introduced to, was her name Cara with a K? Oh, Kana or something like that. Okay. Oh, I wrote it down later on. Yeah, so we, we get introduced to the Sheena lookalike and there's some kind of preamble about wouldn't it be funny if Max and her hooked up? Kara, yeah, that was it, Kara. Yeah. Of Jax being like, oh my God, I thought that was Sheena. Oh my God. Like, oh, chill out. <laughs> I mean, she was like a mini Sheena, but like not in a way that's like, you would be kind of going like, oh my god, it's her like doppelganger. That's oh my god, but like she did have very Sheena energy as well. Yeah, I think it was more the aura than. Yeah, I mean, obviously similar in looks, but I feel like a lot of people look similar in looks to Sheena, where it's just like long, straight, dark hair and big lips and big eyes. Yeah, I mean, just women of a certain age that are going to be in LA or in Vegas. Or... Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a given that somebody somewhere is going to look like that. And then we go back to Sheena and Kristen, who are debriefing about her egg retrieval in Sheena's apartment. Um, Sheena has a really cute cat. I felt she like does. That's important to mention. <laughs> can never let the Very chonk, chonky, <laughs> which I liked. Love a good little chonky cat. 
And then I kind of came to this realization as Kristen's kind of talking to Sheena that Kristen isn't only going through the breakup with Carter, but she's also going through the breakup with Katie and Stacy. And I think that is what is taking such a huge emotional toll on her. I agree. And I also wrote down that she looks like permanently close to tears. Like she always has this like slightly moist eyed like look to her where it looks like she's just about to burst into tears at any given moment. Yeah, like something could tip her over the edge. Yeah, and it's like that sort of like perma sad look where it's like I just feel awful for her. But I am glad, after, like especially what we were saying last week, like I'm glad that Kristen and Sheena seem to be sort of creating like a little alliance together. Yeah, it's good. I do like that for them. I do as well. I think it's a good good fit for each other. I just want Kristen to get back her like early season energy of knowing that she's hot, you know, having that self-assurance. I do as well. It's really sad to see her sort of seem so broken and so lost. But she'll be a victim of her own sort of her own presentation because she won't find someone while she's still in this place of being very like down and overly emotional so I think she kind of has to channel some of that attitude to get back to a place where she might meet someone who's worthy of her yeah no I completely agree with you in that respect I think that's hopefully something that's going to happen for a fairly soon in the future like I don't want her to have to do this forever no no I think it would be painful I think it will it will happen for her because I do actually think Kristen has quite a lot to offer I actually like I like, I swear I like her a lot more on like a vulnerable level than I thought I was, like I would. Like initially, like my thing with Kristen was I was always just like so dismissive of her because I was just like, oh, I just find her like really annoying and really grating and kind of self-absorbed. But I think after seeing like a more vulnerable side of her, I do actually like her so much more. Yeah, I think she's displayed some emotional growth. Yeah, definitely. I think she seems like the one that's kind of grown up the most out of everybody definitely seasons like they're all doing like grown-up things like getting married and buying houses and things but I feel like she's had the most like emotional growth from everybody yeah yeah and then Lisa rocks up to the cocktail garden looking like Christmas tinsel (laughs) I loved it I thought it was kind of 80s dynasty kind of vibe that was it. it was full dynasty vibe wasn't it and it was that kind of like power move of like making sure everybody's aware that she was in charge here yeah 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 sartorially yeah <laughs> and schwartz is like recounting the story of the bra to jacks whose eyes are just like bugging out <laughs> <of> control <laughs> they're literally like prepubescent boys though it's like they found like a bra in a locker room and like even just the mere thought of like a conversation about a bra they're like oh my god it's oh, just and the way that he kept like sniffing it yeah it was oh my god it was like once is a joke twice is kind of funny third time you <laughs> killed it and anything after that is like grounds for like a uh, restraining order yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the logical progression yeah <laughs> but like, then, why- yeah, so, go on sorry why was he carrying it round why did he have it with him did he have it with him i'm sure i thought oh, i might have completely mis misjudged it but I could have sworn he was, like, showing them something. That's wild if he did. I know. It's very weird. 
And yeah. then at this point, we find out that Lisa's played a prank on him with the underwear. And I was kind of surprised that Katie was into it. I feel like if anyone aside from Lisa had done it, she would very much not see the funny side. I completely agree. If anybody like Stacy or Sheena, God forbid it was Sheena or somebody had done that, she'd have just been like, why are you trying to ruin our marriage? Why are you trying to break us up? You know, this is our day. Blah, 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 blah. But obviously because it's Sheena and Sheena's just paid for them to have a suite and a private jet. She's like, oh, look, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, she kind of had to lull at that. Yeah. <laughs> I did also find that when she was like going through it with Schwartz afterwards, when she was kind of playing along with it, she was so like deadpan and she actually like played the joke really well. And it made me realise that it's just exactly how her always like delivery with them is. Mm. Like she's always very just like straight laced and like very sort of flat and dull and boring and it's like oh, their whole relationship just so bizarre to me it's just monotony isn't, isn't it? it it's just I think I wrote it down again like later on or whatever where it's just like it's just so empty like even when she kissed him at the altar it was like how somebody would kiss like a relative yeah I just I still feel that Tom got way too fidgety about the whole thing. I think the fact that he walked away from the camera, you know, don't tell me that he wasn't genuinely worried about it. There was genuine fear in his eyes. Yeah, there was. You could tell he started to get like that sweaty nature that he gets where his like whole face starts to look like pale and clammy. Yeah. What drug does that to you? Oh, I'm not sure. Probably all of them, to be fair. I imagine he's taking a lot of different things. And then Lisa's talking to Max about Max and Dana. And then Max is saying that he had feelings for Dana, but he can't commit to her. And again, I just feel like, Lisa, you're you're a bit better than this. You should be the puppet master. You shouldn't be going and having like individual conversations with everyone about so what's going on with this you know she was kind of too involved in this episode I felt yeah I kind of found that a little bit it was weird it was almost like she sort of forgot her position like above everybody do you know what I mean and she kind of started getting like getting her elbows in a little bit and being like oh so what about this and what about that and like going from person to person with these weird little conversations yeah, it was very strange. And then don't even... Oh, I, can't, I can't talk about the zip lining montage. <laughs> the clip at the end where Lisa is just hanging there in her immaculate, like, pants and shirt blouse. And she's just hanging there like she's just been, like, caught in a net from the sea was too much for me. <laughs> it reminds me of when Boris ziplined <laughs> into the Olympics. And he's just stuck halfway with his little flags. <laughs> This is our Prime Minister. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, it was very that, wasn't it? I mean, I love her for getting involved in it. Like, I genuinely didn't think she was going to. So I love her for getting stuck into that kind of thing. But also, it was just bizarre and hysterical and weird. I think Lisa would do a better job of running the country. I do as well. Oh, can we have Prime Minister Lisa? Please. Oh, that would be amazing. My entire life would be made. We'll make that an addendum to the letter about the satin blouses. We'll just yes. at the end. P.S. Your country needs you. <laughs> Please come back to us. Don't abandon us at this time. And I feel like she'd make a really good politician because she knows how to win over the public, but she also knows how to like run things behind the scenes and more or less get people doing what she needs them to do. Exactly. I feel like she's the perfect amount of like 
diplomatic and forthright with things and like she knows just how to play things where it's like she can get people on side and she can like just do the little behind the scenes manipulations that get out what she wants without ever coming across as being horrible or useless yeah just evil basically yeah. <laughs> So then we go to Dana's apartment and Danica is wearing the weirdest cropped hoodie. Oh, God, I know. When they were, like, sharing their little purchases, I don't know what store they were talking about. I was trying to figure it out, but I couldn't couldn't work out where it was that they were talking about. But that little chainy number and then Dana with the little PVC skirt and that pink satin bustier top thing. To me, it was very... Um, <laughs> Miss Pap, <Yeah. laughs> Dolls Kill, Fashion Nova, Twenty Ten. I've yeah. literally just written down in massive letters Twenty Ten. <laughs> I love that she described it as cheap and slutty as fuck as well, which is like the perfect description of pretty much all fast fashion companies like that. Cheap and slutty. Yeah, it, it was just, I don't know, and then. Uh, yeah the the pink bodysuit I couldn't actually even picture her in like I could get like the snake skin the black thing actually looked kind of cool it was half corset half t-shirt sort of yeah thing. but the pink bodysuit was a bit of a wild one it was I thought that was really wild card and the same like I couldn't picture her wearing it I couldn't picture what she would wear it with it didn't seem like it suited her personality like I think of Dana as being a little bit more sort of like edgy and like strong so this kind of weird cheap pseudo satin bustier top thing was just very bizarre to me yeah it was not an obvious choice was it not at all Uh, and then Danica explains that she has exes with restraining orders against her and I believed it I fully believed it and the way the producer was just like I'm sorry like (laughs) (laughs) hang on what (laughs) pardon you could tell that was such a genuine like oh my god have we not background checked you well enough (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Um, but I've had my experiences with Geminis and they were truly scarring so (laughs) I mean I love that she based all of her information purely off the astrological astrological signs of everybody as well though and she did it in such a casual way where she was just sort of like picking at her nails and her drink and stuff and just like well yeah obviously like yeah that did make me laugh that scene that was probably the highlight of the episode because I think think it was a pretty weak one yeah I do as well I felt like the whole thing was just like so blah like it seemed like there was so much stuff happening but nothing really happened either yeah yeah like there was so many scenes and so much jumping around and this that and the other but nothing actually happened with any of it yeah, we kind of touched on this yesterday when we were texting, where yeah. instead of fully committing to both groups of people and actually going in depth on either side, we're doing a lot of frenetic scene to scene, two minutes here, two minutes there. And it's it's starting to get quite tiring to watch. It really is. It's getting so exhausting, like feeling like you can't, there's not one continuous thread of story or one thing that's kind of the main thing like we like we were saying yesterday as well like in the past like a trip to Vegas for like that wedding would have been like at least two episodes long we would have got to see all this stuff like behind the scenes and seen them partying and seen them getting ready and seen you know so much about it and yet we got this weird like quick flash between like oh she's walking down the aisle oh they said the vows oh that's it it's over oh that's it it's done 
yeah it was so fast it was a flash in the pan it really was and it was so so anticlimactic and so kind of like underwhelming like that could have been such a fun episode like especially with them all like getting dressed up and things like that and they all had like you know and Sandoval's little boomerang clips oh yeah that <laughs> had a different character and it's like that could have been so fun and like such a nice little touch like in the episode and it kind of just got skated right over do you think it's because everyone was complaining so much about how long Jack's and Brittany's wedding got drawn out for? Quite possibly, but I think I'd have rather just had one full episode of this and then moved on from it, and also one full episode of Brittany and Jack's wedding and moved on from that as well. Like, yeah. I understand why Brittany and Jack's has needed, like, four-week run-up to it. Yeah. I I think they're getting ready for a spin-off. I do as well. Well, they already had that, like, Jack's and Brittany take Kentucky, don't they? Did you ever watch that? Never saw it. Have you? Yeah, I would recommend. I actually quite enjoyed it. Excellent. Oh, I know what I'm doing for the rest of this week then. Yeah. <laughs> so the theme of the wedding is kind of like a a village people's assembly. Yeah. You know, they've got like the cowboy. <laughs> the, nun. the Elvis impersonator. <laughs> And I kind of liked it, I guess. Well, I kind of enjoyed that sort of thing. I think if you're going to do a Vegas wedding, you have to commit to it being a little bit tacky and a little bit fun and a little bit sort of like off the wall. And I think they kind of managed that. But I kind of wish they'd gone like committed a little bit further. Yeah. And then fully in with it. Like what I did find quite amusing was when Jax calls the wedding very on brand for them. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's basically just calling them a mess. <laughs> but I also love, I think it was Jax as well that said it, where it was like, it wouldn't surprise me if this was, like, Tom didn't get the thing signed so that he could have this wedding that he actually wanted. And I thought that's exactly something that he would do. <laughs> <laughs> and then Stacy and Tom are sharing the uh, officiating duty. <laughs> I guess and they keep doing the riff on not for the first time and it was just like oh haha you know it was very like but also to be fair the whole time I was thinking if there was two people that I was going to have a fish in a wedding out of that group it would be those two because they were just so enthusiastic about it I I would get Sandoval I think yeah see I quite like Stassi doing it as well I think they were both so like into it that it kind of made it much more enjoyable than somebody who was just kind of like oh yeah like I'm sort of into this like you could tell they hardcore love that job <laughs> and I like that they low-key hate each other as well yeah I do as well I love that Stasi was just like oh I can put up with him like I can ignore my disdain for Sandoval to do this which again I find quite funny because I think Sandoval and Bo are pretty similar in terms of personality type yeah I can see that as well I can see there's a lot of like similarities between them I think they're the same Myers-Briggs and I will make my case for this at some point. <laughs> I want you to. I want a full case study done. <laughs> so ENFP, it hurts. <laughs> uh, back to Hollywood. Dana and Brett are on a date with James and Ra- Raquel. Raquel? Raquel. Raquel. Dana fully dobs Danica in by mentioning that she was trying to warn her off Brett and calling him thirsty. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And then cut to Brett saying that he only wants organic, non-GMO things in his beautiful garden. And again, a kind of clunky garden metaphor for, I guess, his love life. 
yeah, I mean, God, the way that he talks is literally unbearable. Like, I find it so, like, it's just so overly, like, flowering, like, poetic, but in a way that you can tell it doesn't come from, like, a genuine place. It comes from somebody who's probably seen a lot of films and thought, I can emulate this because it'll make me look really sophisticated and mysterious. And it just makes him look like a douche. That is so accurate. It's someone who's cobbled together, like, snatched phrases from rom-coms yeah and he just uses them all the time in normal day-to-day language and it's so jarring you can tell that he's like i'm just misunderstood because i'm just like such a hot guy (laughs) and like everyone just thinks that i'm just a hot guy but actually i'm capable of having really driveling monologues about lisa and my mummy issues (laughs) oh Oh, God, that made my skin crawl. That was just unbearable. I want to just, like, lean through the TV and slap him and be like, no, you do not talk about Lisa that way. (laughs) Unacceptable. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I just, I hate that he's, like, slavering all over her. I do as well. And you just want to be like, no, dude, even if you were more age-appropriate, even if she wasn't with Ken, that's never happening. And I hate that she is, like, encouraging it as well. She's, like, playing along with it in this kind of, like, slightly coy manner. And it's like, no, Lisa, you're better than that. She's simpering. Yeah. Oh, simpering is the worst. And Dana says something that I found to really also be quite terrifying. The fat pussy. Dies. So since when does that mean that someone has a nice body? Have I missed something? Never, unless I'm getting old. I have never heard this in my life. It could be an Americanism. It could, but I also feel like she said it was such like conviction that it feels like if it's an Americanism, it should have been more widely known. And that I'm... she's trying to make it a thing. I'm going to go on Urban Dictionary right now. <laughs> And write this. And I can't read this out. <laughs> no. Oh no. Oh, oh no. Okay, so apparently Kylie Jenner said something about fat pussy on someone's Instagram. Okay, so that's one thing. Okay, so that's clearly the source of it. When oh god. When a vagina is so fat, pH fat, that it jiggles when a girl walks. No, no, you can't say that about Lisa. Oh, oh God. Oh, yeah, don't, don't look that up on, uh, on no. a dictionary oh. if you're of a nervous disposition. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, this whole thing was very odd. I guess she's trying to make it a thing, but... Yeah, I think she's trying to make herself sound a little bit more like like street than she is as well like I feel like you're trying to emulate like a bit of like la la vibes in that kind of slightly like appropriating language way yeah yeah but in a way that just comes across as even less realistic from Dana than it does from Lala I think everyone's bemused reaction to this comment yeah at all Like, there was not a single person at that table that was like, oh, yeah, fat pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I agree with you. I think that's the thing. Everyone just, like, had that sort of slightly horrified expression. And, I mean, to be fair, even James said it best where he's like, you could not use that in the same sentence as Lisa. Yeah, yeah. I, I did agree with him on that. Yeah, I did. It's very rare that I agree with James, but I was wholeheartedly behind his comment there. And then we swivel back to the VPR cocktail garden. 
because obviously the whole thing is just a massive publicity stunt for the oh, garden. Absolutely, and that's sweet. Kara is getting a really weird amount of screen time. Yes. So I kind of knew from the outset that something was going to happen because yeah. why would they be inserting her so much? But I did laugh at someone was like, Max is going to get with the Sheena doppelganger. That's so meta. And I don't know who said <laughs> it, but I did really like it. I did as well. I also loved um, Stassi's bucket hat at this table. It um, was so wildly... Wildly not Stasi that I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, you enjoyed it. I felt that the hat was a desperate attempt at a statement. <laughs> I think the true fashion statement and the true fashion moment here, and it was only a glimpse, so you might have missed it, was Ken's shirt. Oh, yes. I just loved him shuffling behind the table, checking on everybody like he was their dad. Love it. It was Love big fun energy. <laughs> But also, so this was a thought I had. So Bo goes down to talk to Lisa and to ask her about um, asking for Stasi's hand in marriage. There's no way that she didn't hear that conversation. Yeah, not a fucking chance. Like, not a chance. I mean, I know she was at the other end of the table, but I, I wouldn't have risked it if I was him. No, you take her away to somewhere completely separate. Exactly. You, like, sort of say to her, like, oh, can I talk to you at the bar or something? And you go to the bar with her and have that conversation. Yes. Or just ring her at some point or what have you. Do you know what I mean? Like, there is no need to do that at the table. Because it also just looks really weird and suspicious that you've got to have this, like, really private, like, whispered conversation with Lisa that nobody else is privy to. You could easily put two and two together. Yeah, I would just suss that in, like, a heartbeat. I also thought that it was weird that he rang her dad from the hotel and this made me think that they were just trying to get in that he had asked everyone for permission because it's going to happen next episode, maybe. Yeah, I think that as well. I mean, her dad did sound slightly terrifying, but like... <laughs> <laughs> but I also loved, like, that... I do like that he did that. Like, it's not something that I've ever been bothered about. Like, apparently Greg did it with my dad, but it would never have been something that, like, fussed me. No, but again, like Americans love, like, love the tradition being handed over <laughs> from one family to another. I would actually be quite offended, I think, if someone like tried to ask my dad about. Uh, I know it was really strange. So it's like apparently when um Greg did, it was more of a kind of like I'm going to do this, like I hope that's all right sort of thing. And my dad's response was, "You don't have to, you know, it's fine." <laughs> <laughs> like you can have her if you really want. But. <laughs> and Greg was like, no, no, like, I re- like, you know, like, I really want to and everything. And the party, like, about a month before we went away to, like, but before we did it, my dad was like, if you want to change your mind, it's fine. You know, you really don't have to do this. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I like that. I think my parents would just be like, okay, like, if that's what you want. <laughs> and I think my dad would just be thrilled to not be, like, my main kind of financial fallback. <laughs> I think that was exactly what it was for them as well <laughs> they were like now you'll be legally his responsibility no <laughs> yeah wonderful just dust your hands of it yeah <laughs> so we'll see you at christmas it was nice to see you <laughs> so then we have uh a, what i thought was a very culturally insensitive scene in which stassi affects a british accent and bow orders they're like hello yes I'd like to get some breakfast it was like a very bad Mary Poppins impersonation 
It's it this was. thing that, like, all American people think that we all sound like we're from, like, Julie Andrews era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a no. Like, an era where you'd still have a parasol to shield you from the afternoon <laughs> sun. <laughs> and a crinoline. <laughs> crinoline? Crinoline? Crinoline, crinoline. <laughs> crinoline. Oh, God, I think I've descended into madness again. <laughs> Always, it's we're all spiraling i think we are can we just discuss the fact that during like the scene where everybody was like shutting their suitcases and things like that lisa had a full fucking louis vuitton suitcase that was just full of diamond encrusted purses i didn't see that did you not clock that it was right near the end and she was like pulling the lid down on this like great big trunk suitcase thing and there was literally, it literally just looked like diamonds inside of it. <laughs> it was wild. That's mad. I think that LV luggage is like the ultimate status symbol if it's real, because oh, it means okay. that you are literally, I mean, luggage just gets flung around. Exactly. It gets so fucked up that there's just, you know, I can't count the amount of suitcases I've had that have been broken, even just from like short, like internal flights and things like that. So the idea that you're literally so lackadaisical with money that you can just throw like thousands of dollars worth of stuff onto a conveyor belt. No idea if you're going to see it again. No idea what's going to happen to it. It's probably going to get thrown around. I just find that wild. I, I'm i not very good in airports. Like they don't bring out the best in me as a general rule. And before I was going on holiday, it wasn't last year, but the year before, I had um, a problem with my suitcase because I get a lot of my suitcases just like handed down from my parents second hand. Yeah. And we were flying British Airways and um, it was with my ex. So we got lounge access, which was so nice. So we got to the airport like relatively early so we could just like drink. Well, so I could drink basically. (laughs) Get like three Bloody Marys in. And um, the suitcase handle wouldn't go down and I had a full on meltdown and I shoved it so hard that the entire thing just snapped halfway. And it was just like two jagged metal spikes that we then couldn't do anything about. Then it was so embarrassing. I had to go to like a special check in for like oversized and misshapen luggage. Oh, my God. (laughs) Did my suitcase there. And then on the other end, we were staying in like one of the top rated hotels in the world. Like it was beautiful. And it was just me literally like I had to like (laughs) hunch down to drag my suitcase with these two massive just broken bits that had been like duct taped and like bubble wrapped. Yeah, not good. Oh, my God. But it it was quite funny being in like the lobby of this really nice five star hotel with my Absolutely destroyed. <laughs> so yeah I mean another reason to just not have expensive suitcases yeah, it just seems like such a waste if I was going to get a Louis Vuitton luggage I'd want one of the big old trunks and I'd probably just keep it in the house forever yeah I'd have um in a walk-in wardrobe I'd have like a vintage style trunk for my accessories I think. yeah absolutely I'm very much in touch with that vibe but actually yeah. taking it outside and letting it just get thrown about and damaged is not it it's so stressful. I'm not here for that. And then we go to Lisa, who is FaceTiming Max. Again, this was such an unnecessary intervention where she's like, show me your room. I don't want you to embarrass me. I know. And she's like, oh, how messy is it? Let me FaceTime you. I need to see it. And it's like, I'm pretty sure they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, film crew, it's fine. 
it it was bizarre and then the whole thing was just done so Kara can be yeah so they can just emerges from the sheets (laughs) just looking (laughs) like a picture of good choices being made (laughs) (laughs) oh I mean the hair the makeup the fake tan and it was just the way she just sort of like peeled herself out of the sheets and she was like, hi, Lisa. And it was like, no, get back in there. Stop it. And then we go to Schwartz and Katie to close out and Schwartz oh, is just the paperwork again. If this isn't just like a physical embodiment of the entire episode, I don't know what is. Like just a shit show. Chaos, useless, everything. It's, I just can't deal with it for the life of me. He's just such a fucking man-child. Like, I love that they did that montage thing where it was, like, 97 seconds later, he'd lost a piece of paper. (laughs) Yeah, and he's kind of, like, trying to play it off, and he's like, oh, I'm sure it'll turn up. And this is where I don't understand why Katie's so afraid of leaving him, because in my mind, Katie's got the show, okay? She doesn't have much else going on. Yeah. But isn't he more dependent on her? I mean, the show must be making more than Tom Tom is because 5% of a restaurant, that's not yeah. going to get you very much, even if it is being wildly successful. I know. So it's definitely, he must be depending on her quite a bit financially. But I also just think if I was Katie and he was just like, oh, well, you know, it's Vegas, man. It's Las Vegas. Like, it'll turn up. Oh, uh. I would just be like, does it genuinely mean so fucking little to you? Like, mm. this whole thing, like, obviously is so unmeaningful and like irrelevant to your life like I would be annulling the fuck out of that immediately it's complete apathy it really was and I think that was actually worse than being like cold-blooded about it It was just the complete lack of like care that he had about it I honestly call me psychotic I would any day rather be with someone that made my blood boil like 60% of the time than be with someone who was just indifferent to me 100% of the time. Absolutely, because at least there's still some kind of feeling there and there's still some kind of like impact that you're having on them. Yeah, kind of conviction. Yeah, but when somebody is literally just so like uninterested and unbothered, it's just painful. It's like, it's actually more offensive because it's like I'm so irrelevant to everything around you. I, yeah, I mean, you've summarised it for me. (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel about the episode in general I feel like it's what we were saying yesterday is where I feel like we've reached a point now where it's like because the groups aren't combined anymore like there's too many different branches of like the Vanderpump crew that it's like it doesn't feel cohesive anymore like it used to be like they'd all go on these big trips like Mexico or spring break or you know whatever and it would be one big group trip so it would take up the whole episode it would be like not that much jumping around, whereas now I feel like it's trying to tell, like, six different stories. And it's kind of just doing them all really half-arsedly. So I'd much prefer it if they did, like, new Vanderpump kids or, like, old Vanderpump kids. Spun one of those off. And I would still watch them both. But I would feel like yeah. I'd get my fill out of both of them. Yeah, yeah. We need more substance, less style. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like it's, like, something about this series. It's gone very, like, one-dimensional. Like, mm-hmm. we're not really getting to, like, the nitty-gritty of anything to do with any of the characters it's all very surface level conversations yeah yeah I I agree so be interesting to see how it pans out for the rest I don't know we can't have that many episodes left can we 
We're on episode 15, so how many episodes is it normally? Like 18? I think so, yeah. I can't remember if that includes the reunion or not, though. I'm assuming they're not doing a reunion this year. Oh, of course, because it would be around this time, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I'm guessing we're going to have basically um, the engagement, Starsie's engagement, yeah. which is going to be the next couple of apps. Yeah. And then who knows what's going to happen with the Dana storyline. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like it's just kind of petering off into nothing. Like, I feel like I don't care enough either way, where it's like, if they try and make it a cliffhanger for like next season, I'm like, I don't care. It's something I'm going to be like stewing on until it, you know, the season comes back round. No, because like you said, we we haven't really seen enough into Max, Dana and Brett as a dynamic to actually get any emotional investment in it. So it's kind of yeah. like, well, like I feel like I just I just don't care either way whether they end up together or not. Like <laughs> whereas like early seasons it would be like, you know, Jackson and Stacy and like I felt really invested in that and the same with like Kristen and Tom and things like that. And I just find it really strange that it's like I don't really care about any of the new characters at all. Like, usually I get, like, hardcore invested into people pretty early on. Mm. But for this, I'm just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I think we'll have to we'll have to see if it gets renewed, if yeah. anyone's going to be able to start filming at any point in the near future. Say, yeah, there's always that as well. And I also have this thing where it's like, I kind of feel like I don't want it to end. I just want it to get better. Oh, yeah, no, I never want it to end. <laughs> Oh, don't be ridiculous it could be utter shit and I'll still be watching it of course I mean it's that thing it is like ride or die you know like I will stand by it um and just yeah <laughs> are you gonna watch Beverly Hills I was literally just about to say Beverly Hills is probably the, one of the very few ones now where it's like I've kind of got like oh I just don't know if I want to watch it like last season was such a shit show and just such a driveling mess but I'm like, so how much? Bad. It was awful, and I'm, I, I never actually finished the series. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it didn't get any better, but I think the drama with Denise and Brandy is what's going to make me watch it. Yeah, I feel like I want to see what happens, and I also want to see how the new girl is. Yeah, two new girls. Just the one, isn't there? I think it's just the one. Yeah, but I'm. I feel like it's really strange. Like, I feel like the Beverly Hills women have gone so mean. Yeah, I feel like. I'm going to watch it, but it's also mainly just going to be for the glam because I can't shop at the moment and yeah. I need a bit of like a fashion <laughs> fix and I need a bit of just looking at people's things and material yeah. stuff. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'll definitely watch it. I don't know who the fuck I'm kidding. I'm definitely going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but I admire that you're pretending to take a stand. <laughs> I pretended like I was considering it, considering not watching it. But let's face it, I'm probably going to go watch it now. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think we made the best of a bad, bad ep today. I do as well. I think everything to do with that episode was just apathy in its finest form. Yeah, I think at least with isolation, it's giving us plenty of time to mull over. It is some of the bigger questions surrounding the Vanderpump extended sort of universe. Yeah. <laughs> extended universe is a good way of putting it it's as chaotic as yeah (laughs) absolutely brett's personality is a black hole yeah or is is it a dead star oh i think maybe a dead star it doesn't even suck you in it's just 
<laughs> sort of limply hanging there, not really doing all that much. I failed physics, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'm not going to I didn't do well either, so I'm guessing that's what they do. <laughs> oh, feel free to correct us, anybody. I will talk to you on Sunday about yep. uh, Roni. Oh, Roni. At least we still have that. We will always have Roni. The jewel in the crown. <laughs> it's really keeping the whole franchise together at the moment. Keeping the whole Western world together at the yeah. moment. <laughs> well, I'm very excited for that. Speak to you later. Speak to you later. Bye. Bye.